0: This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Most people here know about Marshall White. He was the only black man on the police force in 1963 when he was murdered by a 16-year-old kid in the line of duty. And the Marshall White Center, a community center at 28th and Lincoln, built in 1968 to serve Ogden's inner city, was named in his honor. In December 2021, Taylor Knuth had the idea to conduct a series of interviews about Marshall White, and he enlisted Dan Matthews and me to help him. We didn't have a place to release it back then, but we decided to post it today as a way to celebrate Marshall White and the Marshall White Center. First, we have Marshall White's son, Ronald White. Then we have Betty Sawyer and Bush Sawyer, previous directors of the Marshall White Center. And finally, we've got representative Rosemary Lesser.
1: My name is Ronald White. I'm the son of Marshall N. White. This is about the Marshall and White Center. A little something about my dad people don't know. They called him Doc because he was a doctor and uh, recruited to the police force. I wouldn't say he had a thriving practice. He was a black man and a doctor, and not very many white people wanted to be doctored by a black man. Probably Joe told me, man, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you crazy, <laughs> you, you already black, now you gonna put a target on your back? Man, you better quit doing what you're doing. <laughs> he tried to tell him, but my dad said, well, man, they, they're arresting too many of our black kids, man, we gotta, we gotta do something about that. But he thought he could make a difference, so he went and tried to help out on 25th Street. It was a struggle for him because you know you're you're wearing a uniform and people are trying to have fun and they see you coming and they're they're mad and you know that you got a target on your on your chest. So he had to go to the mayor to uh, petition to be a plain clothes policeman so he could kind of mingle and fit in and not be such a target and uh, stand out in the crowd like. Uh, he was doing his job. He was an agent, kind of the go-between, between the law and a lot of people would call and say, hey, Doc, my, my kids got in trouble. Can you help us? Sometimes he could, sometimes he couldn't, but, uh, you know, he would good. It was a month before JFK. So uh, it was like the start of a, a big 10-year event. The letter to Martin Luther King died. So it's like, why are they killing all our, our black leaders? And so there was a lot of racial tension at the time. The funeral was so big that it couldn't be held in our little church. Uh, there was thousands of people that wanted to attend. So they ended up having that in the tabernacle on, down there on 20th. So it was just tough. Racism is been in this country forever, and it's just in a barrier, and it's constantly blocking us from coming together. It's just popping heads all the time. Um, this is how the Marshall White Center started. Uh, this is a picture of him with the Masonic uh, Lodge of Ogden. They were meeting in the Wall Avenue Community Center. Uh, it was... Dedicated in uh, 1968 on the same day that he passed, so it was three years later. Again, Zelma Sam, I'm gonna show you a picture of her. Um, she was uh, a lady that worked for Ogden City and definitely worked for the poor. She really advocated for it and went to the mayor, went to the city council and and worked to get it Um, pass through them and so she was able to lead them and they were able to make the first efforts to clear clear some clear this land and and, uh, make way for the Marshall White Center the city officials announced dr. Dawkins would speak at the ceremonies opening the center at the 27th and Lincoln federal and local funds finance the $850,000 memorial to Marshall and White, a Negro policeman slain in the line of duty. We were always telling my mom, why do we have to go to this stuff? She's she would always tell us it's not about us, it's about the poor. Get involved, join a committee. That's, That's how I became aware of the goings on is I, I just got involved by Miss Betty coming to me and saying, can you come speak for the family? And wow, I, I saw how clueless they were and how little had been done to maintain this facility. And, and I was wondering what's going on with the, with the, with the city and what's going on with the council? What's wrong with these people? Why don't they take care of their stuff?
2: spend so much time saying that we're not racist that we never entertain the, the, the fact that maybe I am maybe I'm doing, you know, I can learn and grow. So if you say I'm not racist, you shut the door and you stay where you are. And I'm saying no, well, maybe, maybe I am, maybe I have something if you can even get to that little place, then you would open up to having conversations about changing how you talk And that words matter and that what you say is offensive but if you never even entertain the fact that i could be doing something that's wrong or i could be making statements that come off as racist or i could be supporting policies that are uh, that impact one race of people differently and disproportionately than another then you're going to stay stuck where you are and there's nothing i can do about it until that person decides that they're willing to learn and grow and entertain the, op- the, the, the notion that maybe I don't know everything, that maybe I don't see everything. And I think we still have folk that don't believe an investment in the other is worthy. You know, they don't know what to do with it. They won't treat it. You know, all of these questions, they wouldn't go into an investment above Monroe, an investment above Jefferson, an investment above Harrison. They're throwing all of these things around in conversations about why not an investment in the Marshall White Center. For you to really be committed to equity and inclusion, then you would seek out and do things differently. All too often I see those in leadership, those in positions of power, still doing things the same way. If I don't show up, no one's going to come looking for me. And for a lot of people, they're not going to show up. They haven't been invited to the table, but like Shirley Chisholm say, if they don't give you a seat at the table, you bring your own chair. And for my 45 plus years in Utah, I've been bringing my chair because that's how I was taught. I wasn't, I don't need permission to be included and involved in my government. Whether you want me there or not, whether you like the fact that I'm there, whether you like what I have to say, I'm coming and I'm going to speak up and I'm going to work as well. I don't just come to, to dismantle stuff. My goal is to improve it, to make sure that we're including everyone and not picking and choosing who has value and who doesn't, whose voice is important and who isn't. Because again, like the African proverb says, I am because we are and because we are, therefore I am. It takes all of us working together to make this thing work. I would say start locally, you know, start, start at those things closest to you whether it's showing up at your area of school or the city council or county commission meeting. And I would say, don't go alone. Find somebody to go with you. Find a friend or, or twist a friend's arm like I always had to do. No one was signing up saying, so, oh sure, I'll go sit in these boring meetings and, and listen to things that I don't know a whole lot about. But uh, twist someone's arm And and get your friend to do these things with you, to go on this journey with you, and just start listening and learning. Just start listening and learning. When I came here, that's when someone, I don't know if it's appropriate to say, but they say the nasty nice. You know, Utah, we don't talk about certain things. We always have to put that smile on our face, and then we go later and talk about everything that we didn't like. And I still see that pretty uh, prominent, but there are more and more people that are speaking up. Younger people are speaking up and saying, no, nah, we're not just going to sit here and listen to this. We're going to say what we really think. Or showing up at the meetings and when we have that three minutes to say something, say something. You know? Write it down if you have to, but we have to say something, because power concedes nothing without demand, and we know that, and we see that all the time. And so if we're not making demands, you best believe other people are are pushing that person, that city council person, the mayor, to do what they think is best to do for their benefit. And so if we're not speaking up, then we get left behind. So it goes back to me as a part of that racism, racial, the politics of of racism, even though you don't see it. And that's why I said it's hard for people to admit it but when you look at input and outcomes and impact versus intent, you're not investing at the same level. Our city accepts federal dollars based on income, based on substance abuse issues, based on all of those other things, but where does that investment go? Where are they reinvesting those dollars that they're getting when Ogden City used to be having four of the five criteria for the Enterprise Zone and Empowerment Zones. that brought dollars, but when the dollars came, they went to the Junction, Solomon Center. They got some rail lines up by Echoes, and I'm still trying to figure out what those rails and things in the street are for up there, a trolley or something. And now everybody is on, you know, getting the transit line up. We're, We're all ready to go on that. But again, helping people where they are has, Continue not to be a value that I see. So
3: the, the first priority, as far as I was concerned, and uh, and that I was fighting tooth and nails for, was just making sure we had programming, we had activities for the kids. Now the city's uh, priorities kind of started shifting away. As uh, there was a period of time when we were, the city was in a massive search to try to find funding for different types of projects and try to qualify for different type of. Uh, 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 government fundings that were going on out there, that uh, it it was a sense that they were kind of pulling away. They were trying to be all-encompassing of of, of all their facilities versus just zeroing in on the martial I think they kind of felt, I would like to think they felt confident with the people that they had working down here and the numbers that we were turning into them on a monthly basis of kids participating in programs, that uh, it was kind of, you know, we'll just leave them be. But, you know, after a while, you know, you kind of felt like it was an out of sight, out of mind. What kind of stuff was going on for the kids? Well, we had things like the teen theme program, which was an after-school program that uh, uh, we kind of built it with the premise of kind of helping parents get their kids off to, you know, give them somewhere to go. Because most of the kids that were in our program, believe it or not, were single-parent families. So at the end of the day, uh, the worst thing that uh, can happen to a kid is to go home to an empty house. And there's all the other things that can happen as a result. Of not having those those dual parents in the house so uh it kind of urged it kind of pushed us toward creating uh programs like the the teen theme program and the after school programs and uh all our mentoring uh little deals that we did and we had a we had a large number even to the point that it uh, it would grow it would grow and toward the summer we do summer camp outs we'd take them up in the mountains for a two week uh, almost like a a, a summer camp out deal and introduce them to nature and, and t- turn them on to other different organizations that uh, uh, wanted to be involved in what we were doing down here. So,
4: And this was entirely supported by the city of Ogden?
3: It was supported by the city of Ogden. They, they had a, 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 We had scholarships that were available for the kids, and those who couldn't pay, yeah. and then uh, we had a sliding fee scale to kind of help the, the ones that could pay yeah. uh, pay what they could afford. So
4: if you had 100 slots open for this camp, how many of those slots were used?
3: Oh, we'd use them all. We, we use them all. We had a lot of kids in the program here. Where are those kids going now? I don't think they're going after them like they used to. Uh, a couple other programs uh, kind of hit the scene and kind of started pulling our kids away. You had Youth Impact. You had uh, Boys and Girls Club. Boys and Girls Club and uh, all those different other org- and And then they had the transportation, so they could come in and literally just pick up kids and, and take them to programs. It didn't hurt us too bad as far as our, our numbers. Because uh, uh, if you go back, uh, the city should have, should have on record, every year I would have to submit a report showing all the numbers, the total numbers of all programs that we ran here at the Marsh White Center and the attendance at all those programs. So they should have that in the, the records and the archives.
5: The level, because our other option where we lived was the Ogden Athletic Club. Right. And we would run that place rough shot. Okay. I mean, to the point yeah. where, like, it was – not good for anybody, okay. and we couldn't act that way okay. when we were here. Like the level, not only was the level of engagement here stronger with the participants and that kind of stuff, but there was also like this place was a little bit more sacred, like uh-huh. yeah. what it represented, and you just didn't mess around here.
3: And and, and the, what, what we wanted to convey to the kids was, at the end of the day, when mom and dad is not home, this is your spot. Yep. This is your safe place, and uh, ironically, you know, uh, people talked about the the community and how tough the community was. We never had an incident
5: here, in once white,
3: never really ever.
5: But the services just weren't for the kids, and that was what was so amazing. At one point, I mean, before OCAP, what was that called? Uh, oh, you mean Community actually ran the Head Start program, yeah. and uh, uh,
3: we ended up merging with them as far as uh, wanting to being able to provide them with some additional activities that they weren't able to do. We had the pool. They didn't have a pool. You know, I think that's what brought that synergy together. Uh, And then we needed tutors. So some of their folks would come down and do some tutoring in our, in our programs and in our classes. What about some of the other groups that have used the center? The seniors are are my pride and joy. In fact, they were heavily involved because our seniors would would, uh, help with the tutoring portion of the program. So I think that kind of gave them a, a new lease on life, you know, kind of deal. You know, they gave them something to do. So there's no way you can run a facility like this, and have benefited so much from so many. Yeah, some kind. But, of, but the seniors were were using the pool pretty heavily. They there were using for a the pool. Time, huh? They were using uh, the arts and crafts. They were. Uh, we had a kiln. We had a. We had two kilns that used to be down in the basement. They were doing pottery. They were doing everything. So it uh, true sense of community. True. Yeah, it yeah. was a hub. When did all of that stop? When the city started going in negotiations with Al Cap, I want to say, yeah, around 2001, two or three, it kind of, uh, kind of, not really put a screeching halt on it, but everybody was kind of in a up in the up in the air kind yeah. of position. Well, where am I going to go from here? Uh, my staff had to re-interview, and ironically, they didn't even offer me an interview. Okay, wow. <laughs> Al Cap didn't offer me an interview uh they came in and they had all their people i knew there i know there were some other things that was happening with the beato the city council was not happy with uh, the the potential transition to the over to to Cap but uh and they fought a tooth and nails yeah. yeah i imagine nobody here was very excited about it if you know well, all... and, and not you're not excited cuz you don't know where you're going to be uh, right. the next day and then when you when the interview process is going on and no one even calls you you know it's like damn yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did i do and let me give you a little bit more history at the end of each year i had to submit what they call capital replacements capital improvements meaning major projects when al cap was wanting to come on the scene i'd given them a schematic of what how we could possibly occupy they could occupy the facility and we could still do what we wanted to do and they, and then you could build two levels and they could have a school in there and and that area would that, that would have more than afforded them the space that they needed because that was one of the justification for moving them into Marshall White. Well, they move them into Marshall White. You move them into the basement in a, in a very dangerous situation. In fact, they had to build this exit. But anyway, I, I told them, let's, let's let's expand out to the tennis courts. Let's move the tennis courts out onto the field. Let's expand the parking lot over two spaces and put in additional gym space. All this I gave them. I gave them breakdowns and ca- what it was going uh, on, on, uh, to cost on how to make that happen. And uh, that was, I don't know if my vision was too too high, uh, so we wrote grants, and we wrote all these other different things that, oh, that just got blown off. They knew we had problems with the pool. Those, that pool problems been going on for almost 15, 20 years, okay? Uh, we, we ended up putting in uh, new sound boards. We parted in uh, sound baffles. So we, we, we did Band-Aid fixes, and the city always knew that they were going to have to get into that pool and all these other and the facility itself. So those capital emplacements and capital improvement projects were really my way of saying these are the things that you need to do to make sure that this facility continues to be what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And of all the ones that we submitted, uh, I think only one of them got. Accept- and every, you know, it was ironic because, and I would go to the city council meetings and we would make the presentation. These are the things that we need to do to uh, prove or ensure our future and. It must have been a bad word <laughs> because nothing got done on it. To qualify for one of the qualifying components to, to getting that enterprise is, uh, is, your, is your level of minorities in your community. So they took the Marshall White numbers and the Marshall White community numbers and received their monies. <laughs> and I bet you not a, a smidgen of that money hit Marshall White. What do you mean by Enterprise. Enterprise was a a designated uh, federal funding zone, the community reinvestment zones, yes, and yes. redevelopment areas, yes, yes, yeah. where the federal government would uh, would would submit uh, would would uh, would give you X numbers of dollars yeah. to get out there and and make do uh, necessary improvements within your
5: community. Okay. Got it.
0: So you're saying they would use Marshall White to sort of get this money, but then not really invested into Marshall White
5: absolutely. Right. Well, why just your opinion? Why do you think the city was willing to go all in on an indoor climbing gym and, and indoor <laughs> on skydiving? Climax. Yeah. Well why do you think they're they're down to fund that and not down to fund the Marshall White Center? In a word cash.
3: cash. <laughs> Marshall White doesn't make money. The city has always been about the dollars.
4: You were the director, you knew the finances. What was the deficit? What was the did you did you pencil every year? Did you did the city underwrite the center?
3: I had what they call funding goals. I had to make somewhere in the area of twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars in
4: revenue. But the cost to run the center was what? Uh, Well, we had yeah,
3: no hell, no. It was more around three twenty-five, three seventy-five. And the city gave you that money out of the general fund. Out of the general fund, yes. I don't want to give you guys a story, and 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 I I, and I want to put it out here. Uh, I used to drive back and forth to uh, Salt Lake. My kids used to always ask me, Dad. What's those white temples? I mean, those white staples all over the place down, you know, especially in the Farmington area because yeah. it was new development. Yeah. And so you could see them. And so I said, well, son, I mean, those are the churches, the LDS churches. That's where, that's where people go to worship, and they have gymnasiums in them, and they can do recreation events there, and they can do activities there. And my son would say, Dad, that's like Marshall White. And I said, hmm. yeah, kind of like Marshall White because guess what? We've done recreation here. We've had funerals here. We've had uh, celebrations, services, festival yeah. services. So my, my story and my story end is don't think any less of the Marshall White Center than you would of your own. Yeah. Because these people here in this community believe this place to be almost identical or almost the same have, have the same bearing yeah. as your wards. Now, not to mention... To be only the one and only facility that bears the name of an african American
5: person or a person of color yeah. you know uh so in the state yeah. in the state, wow, let's talk about this too, the law enforcement officer like a like in the line line of duty, i mean officer franken well, i do there's a great juxtaposition, i don't want to get too political on that okay, but but they pulled all the stops to celebrate that fallen officer, right. All the stops. Is it those other facilities you talked about, and the fact that there's a large group or a large population of the people here that have something so close to there? They have a ward. They have a facility Mm -hmm. like that that they don't even see the Marshall White. We're out of
3: sight, out of mind. Yeah. Okay. And see, my belief is this: this is six point two acres. Yeah. (laughs) And you can do a whole lot of apartment high rises, (laughs) and now. You, that being the case, that's fine, but you're talking about an intermodal hub that you can rebuild really down there, so don't give me an excuse about why you can't do anything better for Marshall White or why you can't bring a spur by here to bring the, uh, the, the population through this area so they can see it. So, you know, you, you build what you want to build
5: and you accentuate what you want to accentuate. We got new young recruits mm-hmm. who want to come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. What message would you give them on, on how to approach this battle?
3: Seek your elders, get the gist of what the the information is all about, and fight the good fight. It doesn't involve being disrespectful, but it does involve you know being firm, being adamant about what you want, and voting. There's power in the vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't like what they're saying, you go and tell them you don't like what they're saying, and tell them they don't get your vote. I think just we got a generation coming up now. These these young people now are progressive. They they're not they're not tied to the paycheck like we are. Yeah. They've got so many more opportunities than we had, and it all that involves is taking using their minds, using your minds, and using your voice. When we say "Do Right" by Marshall White, what does that mean to you? Respect it. Yeah, respect the sacrifices that was made by this man and this community. The man made the sacrifice to get his name put on the building, but the people that lived in this community made the sacrifice for for all the things that they 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 brought to it. It wasn't it wasn't it didn't fall on deaf ears.
6: There are state-of-the-art recreation centers throughout Salt Lake County and Utah County that have just all of the new 21st century equipment and uh, pools and things like that. And when you go to them, you see what a thriving community looks like. You see parents and little kids and groups gathering there and it's really the heart of the city when you have a place like that it tends to be a a two-part investment or maybe even three parts many times organizations will uh, try to get private benefactors to join in and the city will join in and the state will come together. So um, all of the legislators are able to um, file for a request for um, funding. And whenever that request is submitted, the um, legislator appears before a committee and speaks to the reason why the state should fund that project and that's where advocates for this process will need to um, do their work. Um, Taylor, maybe you have some insight on that. What do you think?
4: Um, the city is run by the mayor and, and their administration and the city council is there to, to be the fiduciary arm of the government. And their number one function as a, as a form of government is to approve the budget every single year.
6: If the city decides to proceed with a recreation center, they know full well that they will need to fund its operation as long as it's in existence. So in that sense, they have some obligation.
5: You could talk, talk about obstruction or barriers of the reason why that pool... 100 feet from us has sat uh, unusable for the last four years.
6: And most most of it would go down to if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. I don't know if there has ever been a situation where states have just been given money from the federal government to make up revenue loss. And of course, when the state had their shutdown and so forth, they did lose revenue and jobs when unemployment was high. They lost income tax revenue. So this federal infusion of funds will go to the place that's most flexible for the state to be able to use, including something like this.
5: Has the city of Ogden already discussed with you uh, some of the ARP funding that they're going to be going after?
6: The state or the cities and the counties received most of the funds directly straight into their bank accounts. Now, the state received um, around $1.5 billion, and when we met in special session in May, we started the process of allocating that, but that money had just come in. I mean, the law was signed in March, and we met in May and allocated only a third of the funds to various projects that were sort of what they call shovel-ready-to-go. So there are still uh, a lot of projects that can be funded from the state for the American Rescue Plan, but those have restrictions because the goals were infrastructure, COVID relief, those sort of things. It's this very separate, special segment of funds that is applicable to the Marshall White Center. There were some counties in Utah who refused American Rescue Plan, Wasn't plan it like funds some
4: 26 odd cities in the state yes. refused yes. but it doesn't go to the other counties? No. No. That's it not fair. It goes back to the federal government.
6: Yes. But what's what's interesting is when you look at it and for people who refuse that we have to all remember at the at the very core of it we are Americans and should benefit from the funds that our federal government is sharing with us actually having some structured recreation in a community is great for, uh, burning off steam and also, um, and also inspiring, uh, collegiality and, um, you know, having the opportunity to work as a group, play as a team is really important for our society going forward. I mean, the rules you learn in the sandbox are really important going forward in life. So, uh, and sports does an incredible job of nurturing those um, talents that we want young people to take forward. Now, the Marshall White Center also services seniors as well and we can't um, minimize that part of this community center and you know seniors should not be cast aside either you know they have also served their community in so many different ways and this is one way to honor their service as well by providing them a state-of-the-art center that they would be Able to enjoy and appreciate and be proud of.
0: All right. A lot of people I want to thank for this one. First, to the guests. Ronald White, Betty Sawyer, Butch Sawyer, Representative Lesser. Thank you guys for coming on. To my co-hosts, former Indie Ogden owner and Ogden lover Dan Matthews, and recent mayoral candidate and longtime Ogden activist Taylor Knuth. Thanks, Taylor, for getting us together for this. Thanks to the Marshall White Center for hosting us for these interviews back in 2021. We're looking forward to the new facility. It's going to reopen at the same location, 222 28th Street in early 2025. Thanks to all of you for listening. Have a great week.